0: This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen.
1: Go in your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 6. Verse number 66. Reminds me of my phone number back in the day. I, somebody gave, they gave me, I think it was 530-2666. And I just, I, I had it for about a year. When I found out the staff were telling people, if you want to reach the pastor, just call the mark of the beast. Come on now. <laughs> I went to him I said, this is just hurting my job. You got to give me a different phone number. Come on. Amen. But John, Chapter six, verse 66. "Father, one more time, open your word to us. May what you caused in this to grab my heart, grab the heart of someone here, in Jesus' name. Amen." John 6:66 6, says this: "From this time, many of His disciples turned back and no longer followed him. From this moment forward, many of them said, I can't go on any further. Now, I want to give you a truth and a question. And I I got both of these out of a a book that many of you may have read many years ago. Some of you may have read it recently, but my utmost for his highest. How many know the book? How many know the conviction that book will bring? And and, and here's a truth and a question that, that kind of and I was studying that, and it kind of caused this to jump out at me. The first, the truth is that Jesus is with us through our temptations. Jesus is with us no matter what we're facing. He's with us through our temptations. But then the question that this this book brings is is this: Are we going on with Him through? And this is what really threw me when I when it caught my attention. Through His temptations, are we going on? With him through his temptations, and I said, I, I immediately said, but but he he defeated sin, and it will never be tempted again. I quoted, began to quote the word in that, and but then I, I had to study and find really what was here, and, and I felt like what what God was speaking into my life was 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 enough that that I really needed to share it with you guys. Let me tell you a story though that I read about. Are you going on with Jesus? Are you going to keep going no matter how you're feeling? Because when you start believing wrong, you're going to start feeling wrong. And no matter what you're feeling. I, I read a story just recently, and this story was a very very simple story, but it was a, a story about a, a group of people who had gathered at a, a, a conference. And as they gathered at this conference, they, they, they decided that all of them that could were going to carpool to the airport at the end of the conference, and, and they were going to save money that way. So as many as could hopped in the vehicle, and they're, they're carpooling over and as they're going over, just before they leave, a man that, that none of them knew said, can I ride with you? And they said, okay. So they let this guy in. He, he had been at the conference. They didn't know him, but they let him in. And, and so they, they start discussing the conference. You know, what did you get? What did you receive? And, and, and they notice the man's really not engaging much in their conversation. And so the driver begins to tell him, he said, you know, I still remember the first conference or retreat that I ever went to. He said, I wasn't even a Christian, and I I went to this retreat, and he said, as I went to this retreat, I, I had no clue what to expect, and, and, and he told him where it was and when it was and, and wanted to put it all in perspective for him, and, and, and the further he went in the story, uh, it was like the man withdrew more from the conversation, and they 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 couldn't uh, engage him anymore, and so the man just starts even giving more details. He said, well, at that conference, at that retreat, actually, he said, I, I gave my life to Jesus. And he said, not only did I give my life to Jesus, he said, I, I was able to, to be founded in the things of God during those days. And so when I got home, I was able to win my family to Jesus. He said, I have gone on to become a a translator for Wycliffe and and Bible Society. He said, I've helped uh, uh, countless uh, people that would not have heard the gospel, hear the gospel of Jesus Christ because of what was accomplished at that retreat. He said, not only that, but when I won uh, my family to the Lord, my sister and her husband became great missionaries that have literally changed an area of this world for the cause of Christ. And the more they talked, The man became more and more withdrawn. Finally, they said, Have we offended you with our conversation? And he said, No, I am simply broken because I am the man who led that retreat. And he said, I left that retreat and almost did not continue in ministry because I felt like an ultimate failure. He said, It was all that I could do to keep going. I felt like, like I had lost and nothing had been accomplished. Can I tell you that we don't know what all God is up to, but we need to keep going no matter the cost. We need to keep pressing on. We can't live by feeling. We have to live by faith. We have to go forward. And sometimes we're going to face struggles I thought about the fact that many of us will turn back from going on, uh, with Jesus from the very moment that we have an experience of what God can do. I mean, from the very moment that we see that, that God's gonna begin to work in our lives, it's okay for Him to save us, but we don't really want Him to start working in who we are. We don't want Him to change our lives. And so the minute our world begins to start changing, we go, whoa, 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 that's not what I signed up for. But here's the, here's what I want you to get. God will start making changes immediately in our lives when we start following him. When you hear, hear people say this, they say, Pastor, I, I promised God I was going to serve him and it was like all hell broke loose on me. Yes. One, because hell did not want to let you go. And two, because God's lining you up to get the hell out of you so that Jesus can get in you. That didn't come out like I meant for it to, but I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm You, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Those of you that have been in my sermon note classes, I, this is why you have notes. All right. <laughs> the sermon's over. It is not within the nature of God to leave you like you are. Do not tweet that. Too late. Somebody said it. That's what I just heard. It's not. i may have to give you these notes. Let you finish from me, brother Ron. Come on. man. It, it is not within the nature of God to leave you where you are. When God finds you with sin inside of you. There we go. He has. It is his nature to get it out of you. He fixes our rough edges. And mends our wounds. Hallelujah. He he fills the empty spaces of our lives. Much of this change is spurred on by changes in our circumstances that reveal the needed changes in our character. Don't you understand that God allows your world to change so you can see what in your life needs to change? When we don't like what we see, we better watch out because we might get a glimpse of what God sees about us that He doesn't like. You see, watch when God changes your circumstances to see whether you're going to go on with Jesus. When your world starts turning, bad things start happening, you're going to have to make up your mind. Am I going to go on with Jesus? Can I tell you there is no other hope but to go on with Jesus. There is no, the Bible says that he becomes our reasonable servant. It's the only thing that makes sense. I can't go back. I can't turn around. I can't try him for a season. And if it doesn't work out, then I'm going somewhere else because I have tasted the fact that he is good and nothing else compares. There is nothing else for me, but Jesus see, when our lives take a twist, though, when, when, when we don't expect something that's happening and we don't like what begins to happen, we have to choose, will we go on with Jesus or will we side with the world? You know, the world says retaliate. The world says you don't need this. You, you don't have to live life. The world says be uncommitted and be unfaithful. The world says, you know what, I, I can be out of here. Jesus says stay the course. Jesus says, keep your eyes on the prize. Jesus says, don't allow the things of this life to easily beset you, but keep pressing on. You know, I, I leaned over and 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 you guys didn't know what we were going to be praying about. Most of you didn't know what we were going to be praying about. And as Paul started singing that song, Healing is Here, I leaned over to Pastor Nathaniel next to me and I said, I said, Pastor, uh, I want you to watch him as he sings this because he's singing from a place of brokenness over this and this, this becomes a, a spilled out offering. When you're hurting and you have to declare that Jesus is a healer, it becomes a spilled out offering. Try preaching when, you, when, you, when you, you're preaching about healing when your children are sick. You have to sometimes, you have to keep going even when you don't see the other side. Am I making sense to you? You have to make your decision, will you go on with Jesus or will you side with your flesh? What makes you feel better despite the outcome to others? You have to make the decision, will you go with the enemy? Because the enemy will start placing blame on everyone else. The snake, the woman, that's Adam if you're wondering who I'm talking about. Adam said, well, that snake and then that woman that you gave me. That's the enemy. The enemy makes you say it was everybody else's fault, but the reality is you've got to start standing right where you are and you've got to arise. Because you can't go on with Jesus unless you get honest about things. Those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and we wear His name, but are we going on with Jesus? Are we going forward with Jesus? Here in John chapter 6, the verse that we're reading, the prior verses, Jesus starts talking about going the distance, literally following His footsteps. And then He, makes, he starts saying things like that we have to eat His body and drink His blood. Can you imagine that? He goes on to explain that, that His very words were life, but without the Spirit, no one could follow Him. His words seem like foolishness to his disciples. I mean, can you imagine what they were saying? We have left everything. I mean, we, we, we've been with you all this time. We've left everything behind, but we don't understand what you're saying, what you're talking about having to eat your body and drink your blood. We're thinking, well, obviously, he's talking about the sacrament of the Lord's Supper or, 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 or communion. We're, we're thinking, we, we see what that is, eating the body and drinking the blood. We get that. And as we get that, we, we go, oh, well, that's what he was talking about. But if I mean, if you're sitting with somebody and they look at you and said, you're going to have to eat my flesh. That's a little weird. And as while we're at it, you're going to have to drink my blood. And the more he talked about it, he became adamant about it. And he's like, no, you don't get it. You're going to have to follow me all the way through this. And as he gets to that point, they're going, but Lord, we don't even understand. You're not making sense. And people start going, I think he's gone crazy. I think he's lost his mind. And as all these things I thought about that, that, that as he was leading them, it didn't make sense to them. They didn't understand where he was taking them. So they turned back, Scripture says. These were people that he had healed. He had restored. He had refreshed. He had even fed them. But now they have come to a place that they choose not to follow him. I thought, wow, I've lived that. I've been there. How many times do we have to come to a place in our life where we where we determined to follow even when it doesn't make sense? Even when we don't want to go down this path because he is the one who has healed us. He is the one who has restored us. He is the one who has refreshed us. He is the one who has saved us. He is the one who has cared for us. He is the one who will not forsake us, and we must not forsake him. We must go on with Jesus. We can't put a limit. I'll be involved to this point, or I'll go this far with you, God. No, it's all the way with Jesus. Who shall carry me through? I'll never forget walking up into LJ Mountains into a little home and there was a man who had pioneered churches all over North Georgia and as I walked into the room, you could feel the Holy Spirit. There wasn't a spirit of death in that room, but it was the Holy Spirit of the living God. And as I walked into that room, I'll never forget this day. He laid there and, and his grandson went to one side and I went to the other side of the bed and, and this man who had not spoken, they couldn't get him to eat. All of a sudden that power of the Holy Spirit hit that old frail body. He was sitting there and he was dying and all of a sudden he sat straight up and he reached out and he grabbed hold of both of us. Come on now. Somebody that's almost dead reaches up and grabs you. You're going to feel something. Come on. But he reaches up and grabs both of us. And with a fire in his eyes and a voice that hadn't been heard in days, he said, I have run the race. I have finished my course. I have pressed on to the high calling of Jesus Christ. And then he began to charge us to do the same because he said, boys, you can't find anything better than following Jesus. And sometimes you're going to be tempted and sometimes you're going to be crushed and sometimes you're going to want to abandon your calling and abandon the purposes of God on your life. And you're not going to understand why when you're just trying to love God, the world seems to be going against you on every side. But you can't back up. You can't go, uh, go to the point where you say, I've reached the end. You've got to press in because you're almost there to where you see the victory of what Christ has in store for you. Preaching truth tonight. See once turn to follow, determined to follow, even when it doesn't make sense, some of the greatest victories will not be won by the most talented or the most courageous, but rather by those who have staying power. Let me say that again: Those who have the staying power, they are not giving up even if it costs them everything. What did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Hanani, Azariah, and Mishael, as they were more appropriately called, what did they say? King, it doesn't matter if he delivers us or not. We are not going to bow. God, it doesn't matter if I get healed. Or God, it doesn't matter if this happened. It doesn't matter if if you don't work things out the way I'm commanding you to work them out. God, I'm still going to serve you even if I have to go all the way to the lion's den. We'll never see the miracles of the lion's den and the fiery furnace if we're not willing to go all the way with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jesus looks at the faithful at this point in John 6, and his words sound so painful. In verse 67, he says, Do you also want to go away? Do you too want to go away? To which Peter replies in verse 68 and 69. Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that You are the Holy One of God. So in other words, Lord, there's no other way but Your way. You are the only truth. You are the only one. You are the only hope. I'm not giving up. I'm pressing in and I'm pressing on. The temptations of Jesus continued throughout His earthly life. And they will continue throughout the life of the Son of God in us. And this is what my utmost for His highest was trying to say. Jesus has forever defeated sin. Can I get an amen for that? He will never be tempted again. But the life of Christ now lives in us. We are tempted to desert his path and to follow another. And it's a constant struggle. Will we allow ourselves to win in those temptations for Christ or will we follow our own path? Romans chapter 8, verse 10 says it this way, And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life. Christ is in you, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Watch this though. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. By the power of the Holy Spirit, if you make up your mind, though I want to do this, I'm not going to do this, I'm going to follow Jesus' way, there's a victory that's beginning to come into your life because you're going to begin to beat the very things that used to uh, knock you down. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So my question is this, again, are we going on with Jesus in the life we're living right now? I mean, we have the idea that we ought to shield ourselves from some of the things that God brings around us. May it never be so. If God brings it around, if God engineers our circumstances and whatever they must may be, we must see them and face them while continually abiding with Him in His perfect will. You see, we're going to have to face some of the same temptation points that Jesus had to face. Temptations will cause us to act out of our old nature and not according to the new nature of Christ, but Jesus is wanting to work through us. And here's a question before I get into that. I want you to see, or I want you to see the statement. Jesus' honor is at stake in our bodily lives. The way you make your, your actions, the way you choose to respond in a bad situation will either, will either bring, uh, the stain upon the name of Jesus. I'm sure you've never heard this, but I've heard it. Well, if they're a Christian, Well, those Christians, or they'll step back and on and say, I don't know how you're making it. I've heard that too many times and said, so I don't know how that family made it. I don't know how they're surviving. I don't know how they keep praising. I don't know how they keep going. I don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you how they keep going because they're going on with Jesus. And they realize that how they go will honor Christ in their point of decision. But here's the places of his temptation. I want you to get this. How far will we go with Jesus? He had to go to the trial. I mean, he had to go to the point to where he was falsely accused. Are you willing to still honor Jesus when you're falsely accused? I mean I mean, there's a lot of things we put up with, but don't mess with my name. Come on now. Most of us, when we're falsely accused, we really get upset but we're really, really glad we've not been accused for what we should have been accused for. Does that make sense? But sometimes we have to go into the temptation of the trial to when he had to stand quiet and not attack back. That's hard. Sometimes we have to go to the place of judgment. The place of judgment where we... Uh, uh, Somehow we are unjustly treated. There's a judgment that comes down upon us. Something happens, and and you know what? It's wrong. Maybe it's from a place of authority, and it's wrong. And we have to make up our mind in that point that the authority has done wrong, but yet we cannot do wrong also. That's going on with Jesus' temptation. Here's the one that really got me. Sometimes we got to go all the way to Gethsemane with Him too. Luke 4.13 tells us the devil departed from him until an opportune time. I brought this scripture out to you not too long ago. This scripture's really been standing out in my mind that the devil's looking for opportune times in our lives. The struggle in Gethsemane was not centered on the trial of the cross. The cross was a place of triumph, but it was the place of decision in the garden to go the way of God, no matter the cost, asking for the cup to pass, but being willing to drink it because it was the will of God. God, I don't want to go through this. I don't want my family to go through this. I don't want to have to live through this moment. But God, if I must, then I will do so in such a manner that it brings glory to your name. I am tired of feeling like I'm shameful when I'm walking through that door. I might come through that door feeling like I've been through a meat grinder, but I'm going to come through that door knowing that my Redeemer lives and I'm going to keep pressing on and nothing's going to cause me to go back on my Jesus. Come on now, amen. 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 Sometimes you're going to have to get all the way outside the camp. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 12, So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So let us go out to him outside the camp. And here's the hard part. And bear the disgrace he bore. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come we follow him outside the camp where we patiently endure you see the patience we exude shows if we followed him outside the camp we follow him out to that place where we walk by faith as we walk by faith what we're seeing there is we're not always seeing the why or the how that god's going to bring us through but we know what we need to do because god's already commanded us how we're supposed to act in that moment And then we're going to have to follow him all the way to Calvary. We'll follow him all the way to Calvary. Going all the way to the place where we will forever be changed by following him. Wow. Your family's not going to be the same on the other side of this. Not going to be the same. God gave me this sermon a month ago probably. Not just for you, but it's for you. I mean, that's you're not going to be the same. Your, your world will forever be marked by last night. When the diagnosis came. That's just how it is. It's going to be, a, it's going to be different. The word we coined around here about two years ago now was new normal. New normal. Things change. Sometimes God's going to bring you to a place where your whole world's going to change. But you keep going. You keep serving. You're not going to look the same. You you may not even like who you've become. But on the other side, the victory will be yours. Matthew tells us, to see, the way is lonely. And it goes on until there is no longer even a trace of a footprint to follow. We don't know how we're going to keep moving forward. We don't know how we're going to make it. And, and I, this is the last thing I'm going to say tonight. We don't know how. We don't know where to even step because the way seems so dark. But in the middle of the darkness, we hear Matthew 4, 19. That says, come, follow me. Keep coming. Keep walking. Keep believing. Even when you don't want to anymore. Keep coming. Because Jesus will always lead you through. Stand with me.